So uh, I didn't even know what a brokerage account was, but I had a Roth IRA. So. Hey guys, welcome back to Personal Finance from the Hilltop. I'm your host, Kyle Hill. On today's episode, we have a special guest, Rocky Ziegler III, or RZ3 as I call him, of RP Ziegler Investment Services based in Peoria, Illinois. Rocky is a certified financial planner and owner of RP Ziegler Investment Services. He works with clients of all ages, and similar to me, he offers financial planning and investment management services. Now, Rocky's been featured on a number of different outlets, including CNBC, U.S. News and World Report, Fox 43 in Bloomington and Peoria, and The Huffington Post, just to name a few. Um, Cool thing about him, he's also authored two books, one, uh, called Mutual Funds Are So 1999, and the other being 28 Things. So, In addition, uh, he's the host of Making Finance Fun, Peoria, Illinois' premier personal finance podcast. He does a great job of taking complex topics and making them relatable, which you'll hear in this interview, and it is why I enjoy his podcast and wanted to bring him on today. And just before we dive into our interview with Rocky, I need to remind you that this is for educational purposes only and not meant to be taken as investment advice because we're not your financial advisors. However, we could be if we did our proper due diligence and evaluated your personal situation. The best way to get that process started is to schedule a call with either one of us. And you can do so by visiting our websites located in the show notes. With that, Here's my interview with Rocky. All right. Welcome to the show, Rocky Ziegler III. That's right. Excited to be here, man. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for hopping on today. Of course. So uh, do you go by RZ3? I go by a lot of things, not a lot of them by choice. They're just, you know, (laughs) they've just been created, I guess, by other people. But I go by a lot of things, man, so. Uh, yeah. Uh, are you a fan of the Rocky movies? Or yeah. That, I mean, I didn't have an old joke. Oh yeah. No, I, I've gotten that one a lot and I didn't really, I hadn't really seen any of them until I was probably 15 or 16. Okay. That, I, I heard the joke so often. I was like, well, I guess I better watch these freaking movies. And now of course they're, you know, I love them. They're awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, you know, they're one of those ones where they're on TV. I have to watch it. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, I was, uh, couple weeks ago, uh, running on the treadmill, listening to a webinar on life insurance and watching, watching Rocky four. <laughs> and it was the scene where Apollo Creed goes down. And I'm like, I hope this is no indication of what's going to happen to me on the treadmill. Yeah. yeah. Well, what, what, what does he say? If he dies, he dies. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I went out a winner. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but no, America. Uh, we beat Russia. Yeah, so. that's right, man. Rocky Balboa <laughs> solved. Uh, he uh, solved the Cold War, man, by all by himself. Yeah, brought people together. We could use uh-huh. that. Today. So uh, maybe, maybe we should just write in Sylvester Stallone uh, 
on our ballots. Yeah, I, I agree. <laughs> so, uh, um, awesome, man. So, love the name, Rocky. And then you're from Normal, Illinois? That's where I grew up, yeah. Uh, I've heard a lot of jokes about that over the course of my life, too. But, yeah, I, I grew up in Normal. I, I've lived in Peoria, which is like 40 miles away for 20 years now. So, yeah, moved yeah. Uh, moved to Peoria and I was 20 to go to school and been here ever since. Is that where is that where Bradley is? Yeah, yeah, that's where oh, I went okay. to school at. Yep. Okay, awesome. Yep. You guys, you guys had that NCAA tournament run, what maybe 10 years ago, where you had the seven foot something guy, right? Yeah, they have to bring him back some memory. Patrick O'Brien, man, that was 06. So that was okay. Yeah, three years at two years after I gra- I graduated. I want to say no, three years after I graduated. Okay. Um, yeah, they had that run. And then I don't know if you remember, but, um, 2019, they were terrible. I shouldn't say terrible, but, um, they won the Missouri Valley tournament and got into the NCAA tournament and just about beat Michigan state. So they were the 15 seed and just about beat Michigan state. And then this year they won the Missouri Valley tournament again, but the NCAA tournament was canceled. So they didn't, you know, they, they weren't able to go, which is frustrating, but whatever. Yeah. That, that was so weird how that happened. I was, I remember I was getting ready to watch the big 12 tournament mm-hmm. and like right before it was supposed to get started, like the day of they, I think they played the first night and then the next day they just shut things down. Yeah. Cause there were, I don't remember if any of the tournaments got started, but I remember the first like, I remember the NBA, you know, said no more fans. That was like the first shoe to drop. Yeah. And then I want to say the the NCAA said no fans. And then it was like days later that they just canceled all of it. Yeah. Yeah. It was but, crazy. Yeah. Some of the smaller conferences had already gotten their tournaments in the previous week. And so um, I, I had some friends that uh, went down to St. Louis for the Missouri Valley tournament. And they were all freaked out wondering if they got the coronavirus and all that, you know. So it's Wild times, man. Yeah, yeah. Little did we know we'd still be sitting here seven months later. So, well, hey, uh, why don't you go ahead and tell the, the listeners a little bit about yourself? Man, well, let's see. I've got four kids, um, what, eight, six, and then I've got four-and-a-half-year-old uh, boy-girl twins. So i got that going on at home. Um you know, here, I mean, I, I've, I've had my own uh, financial planning and investment management firm up here in Peoria for about eight years now. Started my career at Edward Jones. So we don't have to necessarily get into <laughs> get into all that. Um, but yeah, I spent about six, seven years at Edward Jones. I've been independent for about eight years. Um, I've been a registered investment advisor for two years now, a little over two years now. Um, ever since dropping my Series 7, going, you know, all... Uh, uh, flat fee and, and fee only. It's been great. I really, really like it. I've uh, been an XY Planning Network member for two years as well. And I guess in addition to that, man, I mean, uh, for some reason, I got some wild hair at my butt like a couple of years ago and wrote two books. I don't know where that came from, but I I, I just did it anyway. Um, and I've, I've had uh, my own podcast called Making Finance Fun for about a year and a half now. I really enjoy doing that as well. And um, I think we'll get into a lot of the stuff that I talk about on my show today, too, because I, I, I try to make everything simple, relatable, easy to understand, bring it all back to the basics. And I'm not talking about advanced, you know, trading algorithms or trading options, any of that crazy stuff. So, yeah, this is pretty much what I, you know, do the do the do, do the family thing, do the work thing. And it's pretty much it, man. That's awesome. Yeah, the podcast is great. Uh, 
I started listening to your podcast before I launched my podcast and I was like, okay. this is great because he's making things fun. He, it's entertaining and it's not one of those boring podcasts about finance. Um, and so you spice things up. So I love it. And I just, yeah, I, I try to, I mean, I'm not a real like a uh, super serious guy all the time. And so that I just tried to take that over into the show as well. Um, it's, it's kind of a fine line to walk because you don't want to be like the, you know, the finance class clown, if you will. And you still right. want to, you know, let folks know that, you know, what you're doing and you've got some experience, you know, all that kind of stuff. But yeah, I just don't, I just didn't want it to be boring. Um, I just feel like a lot of financial shows are pretty, pretty dry sometimes, I guess, just, uh, and straight to the point. And that's just not what I wanted to do. And here I am. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Um, the books, I, feel like i'm talking about a legend here man you, uh, <laughs> i don't know why but thanks <laughs> you've got your own successful firm um you, you've got the podcast host your own podcast you've got two books that you've written all before the age of 40 yeah um i, ne I never thought mike gundy would make it into my podcast more than once but um, you're a man. You're 40. Oh, man, I love that gift. It's so funny. Have you, have you ever seen the whole thing, by the way, like the whole three-minute thing? A while ago, yeah. Oh, it's so yeah. funny because he just gets progressively more and more and more mad as like the seconds tick by. It's, it's great. But, yeah, I've been uh, – I turned 40 on the 3rd, on October 3rd, so a couple weeks ago. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I've, I've, I've definitely been using the uh, the Mike Gundy, I'm a man, I'm 40 <laughs> gift very often. Um, I've been using it since then, so – yeah, I'm not quite there yet, but I still, I, I guess, uh, I've still got a lot more to accomplish before I, I can sure get to that, that point. Uh, I don't know what it was, but at like 37, it just, I just wanted, I kind of got in this mindset of there's some things I want to accomplish and I'm just going to start doing them now. Um, yeah. I, I need to like readopt that mindset as well because I kind of burnt myself out for a couple of years and I'm just slowly getting back on the horse now, but that that's all it was. I just, some things I wanted to accomplish and I just kind of started working on them. So. Yeah. No, I, I think you're off to a good start, man. I appreciate it. <laughs> so, what a uh, happy belated birthday, by the way. Thanks. What do you to celebrate? So I'm a big uh, Notre Dame football fan. I don't know if I told you that. And uh, so I forced my wife and kids to go to South Bend, Indiana with me for, for a, a, a day and a half. And it was fun. We just walked around campus, hit the bookstore, got a few, uh, you know, articles of clothing, screwed around campus, stayed in a hotel, got up the next day, screwed around the in the indoor pool for a while and came back. So very nice. Yeah. Yeah. Nice and low key, which is just just what I wanted. That's awesome. Um, that, so uh, is kind of a dream retirement for you to have a house in South Bend? It changes almost every day, but yeah, I, I wouldn't mind doing that. Um, I don't know what I want to do in our retirement. I'm really worried about being super bored, but I'll, I'll find something to do. But yeah, it, it'd be great to kind of like, you know, spring and summer and fall and South Bend and maybe winter. And, you know, I don't want to say Florida because it's so humid, but, you know, Texas maybe or something, Arizona, yeah. I don't know, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. That. So my wife and I went to K-State. Um, okay. I actually was a townie grew up in Manhattan okay. um, where K-State is. And part of our retirement dream at this point is to kind of have either a condo or a house. My wife, my wife goes big. She wants to have a, uh, a house on the golf course out there at Colbert Hills, which um, it's where like um, the head football coach lit. I mean, okay. it's, it's, you know, the big houses out there. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, I was thinking maybe just like a condo or something, but 
Um, so yeah, very cool, dude. So before we get into our topic today, going to do our uh, famous or notorious uh, fifteen oh. minutes of fluff. Name hasn't changed in a week, so let's let's do it. Name has, yeah. Well, it makes me feel any better. I'm I think I'm forty episodes in my show, and I've already changed the name of it twice. So. <laughs> That's how it goes, man. <laughs> what, what was it originally? So I, I initially called it the Rocky Ziegler Show, real creative, right? Um, okay, okay. And I actually had a, um, I guess, a podcasting expert do kind of a like an audit of uh, of the show, and he was just like, "Look, no offense, but no one knows who you are. No one's searching your name. No one's going to find this show." I was like, "All right, well, that, that makes sense." So that's where I came up with the with the 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 new show title. I just. I don't know if people are searching for finance or not. I don't really know, but it was better than that. It was better than the Rocky Ziegler show. But again, it's just like my firm name. I've never liked it. I, I, I always want to change it. I'm constantly thinking about changing it. Maybe it's ADD. I don't really know. But Yeah, it, it's always, you know, how can I improve this? Yeah. Um, so my firm name, it, yeah, I'm going off on a tangent here. Um, I was, I was kind of going with my last name and trying to relate it to, personal finance is a mountain and we're climbing it and yeah i, I like it man I, I i like it still trying to you know get that clarify that and make it more understandable it's always an ongoing challenge <laughs> the tagline originally was planning to get to your financial peak mm. and makes sense to me but you know maybe not for the average person so you know, I mean, I, I've got a I've got a buddy out in California who um, another XY Planning Network member, and he's got a, a firm name um, that is really similar to another firm somewhere out there. And he recently got a like a a letter to change the firm name because they had it. It was it's not the same. But it was close. Oh, wow. And they had a trademark. And so they said, hey, it's too close. You got to change it. So he's been going through the process of changing it. Man, it's a huge pain. You got to think of something. And then you got to make sure it's not taken. Then even if you find something that you like, then you got to redo all your logo, your messaging, your business cards, your website, your email, everything. It's just it's uh, going to take them a lot of work. That sucks. Yeah, I, I couldn't even imagine trying to do that right now. So no, yeah. me neither. All right. Well, let's let's uh, get this 15 minutes fluff going on here. So let's do it. All right. In the spirit of October, what's your favorite scary movie? And or favorite horror villain? Mm, good question. So I do not like scary movies whatsoever. I don't enjoy <laughs> being scared. Okay. But my favorite, I, so I don't really have a favorite because I don't like any of them. Um, but I'll, I'll change it. The, the, the movie that absolutely scared the crap out of me was in 1999. It was a movie called Event Horizon. Any listeners out there? Oh, man. I saw it in theaters with some friends. It's like no big deal. And then like a year later, it was on HBO or something or Showtime. And I happened to, it was, I, I came home from doing something with my buddies, like one in the morning. I was like, oh, Event Horizon's on. Whew. I was home by myself at 18, 17 years old. And that was, that was a mistake, man. That freaked me out for years. So it's not my favorite, but it's the one that worked the best. Yeah, no, that's funny. Oh. So I had, I had, uh, one of those kind of uh, movies, Signs. Did you ever see that? See yeah. that? Yeah, Signs is a great movie. Uh huh. So I saw that with a bunch of high school buddies, and um, just the idea that how do we know this isn't real? 
they're walking among us, you know, and I, the whole way home, I thought one was maybe, you know, riding underneath my buddy's Jeep Wrangler and was, you know, you know, so I, more recently, there was a movie that I saw probably 10 years ago called the fourth kind. It wasn't really that popular, but I saw it in theaters. It was about some town up in the Pacific Northwest. I want to say like around Portland or something. And they were continuously um, visited by aliens over and over and over and over. And it it was supposedly like based on a true story. Look, I'm not going to sit here and say aliens are real or they're not. I don't really know. I don't really care. Just the the thought that it could be real freaks me out. Okay. So this whole movie was about, it was through the eyes of this therapist who was treating people who had been visited by aliens. And they had like actual tape of, of these therapy sessions. I'm getting goosebumps right now. It freaked me out. I, I couldn't sleep for like months about it. It was, it was creepy. So um, we're kind of going off on a tangent. Have you ever seen fire in the sky? Yeah, they do. That one freaked me out too. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was creepy. That's good. That's good. So, um, so my favorite scary movie, um, I don't know if I have one, but I love the Halloween and the uh, Friday the 13th series. Yeah. Of course. Um, so as far as my favorite villain, probably either Michael Myers or okay. um, or uh, Jason Voorhees. Um, I was a big Freddy Krueger guy as a kid. I remember going okay. to Freddy Krueger a handful of times, you know, on Halloween as a kid. Yeah. Um, the was cool. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, I'm, uh, I don't like the torture movies. So like the... Um, yeah, me neither. Uh, like Saw and stuff. Yeah, those are just... Yeah, ugh, no thanks. Gruesome, nasty. Yeah. Uh, but I do like good slasher movies. So okay. um, yeah. I, I figured being uh, with Halloween in Haddonfield, Illinois, I guess maybe you don't know about the Halloween series since you don't like scary movies. So, but I, I figured that maybe that was a thing up there in Illinois. Man, not, not that I'm aware of. Um, I mean, we, you know, my, my oldest is eight, so we don't watch a whole lot of the like slasher yeah. movie kind of stuff. It's more like the Charlie Brown, you know, Halloween type of stuff, but we'll, we'll, we'll get there one of these days. Yeah, I'm on uh, Paw Patrol and Bubble Guppies, and of course, yeah. yeah. So, uh, so watch a little bit of those going through my head right now. So, mm-hmm. um, anywho, uh, this one might be interesting. So, okay. next question: best investment book you've read or would recommend? Oh man, um, I'll tell you what for 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 folks like us, for advisors, yeah. Um, there was a book that Nick Murray wrote called Gathering Assets. And it was basically, it's an old, old, old book, I want to say from the early, mid 90s. And it was just a, basically a way to explain and sell um, investments and yourself to people. And I, I just thought it was, it was interesting because he, he came at it from a different way of like the normal sales pitch kind of stuff. You know, for folks who are just investing out there who aren't, you know, financial, uh, who aren't financial professionals, I might catch some slack for this. I thought Rich Dad Poor Dad was good. Oh, okay. Just because it, it it came at debt at a different angle than anything I'd ever come across. And I just thought it was interesting. Now you can, you know, is taking on debt to buy a piece of rental real estate a good idea? I mean, you could argue, you know, one or the other, but um, the whole central tenet of the book was use other people's money to basically, circling back to the first book, to gather assets, right? Yeah. But rather than outlay $100,000 for a piece of property, you can just outlay 10000 bucks and borrow the rest from the bank kind of thing. And in the meantime, yeah. someone else is paying off the debt, which is the tenant, and hopefully the price will you know, go up. But uh, yeah, the, those are two that come to mind. How about you? Yeah, hopefully you'll have a tenant, those sorts of things. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
I thought you were going to say uh, mutual funds are so 1999. Well, that, 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 that's also a classic. It's been around for about a year now. It's, it's, so, <laughs> so disclaimer, that's Rocky's book. So yeah. yeah. Book. So mine, I would say uh, Dave Kansas, the Wall Street Journal complete guide or complete money and investing guide <laughs> book. Um, it's a good, it's good uh, kind of getting your feet wet and, overview of investing and everything but you have us so i'm not gonna say i'm not gonna say yeah, right yeah so, um why read when you can listen so uh burton malkiel a random walk down wall street's probably a popular one okay. um pretty good uh goes through the history it's a pretty thick book um not sure i'm 100 on board with everything he has to say um but uh yeah but I'm, I'm going to give some love to kind of go on a different route here. I'm going to give some love to Phil Town, rule number one. Okay. I don't know if you've ever heard of that one. I haven't, huh? Um, it's a it's a good one. It's a value investing style book. Um, but he does a – he used to be a uh, river guide. Um, hmm. And uh, he speaks a lot about uh, Warren Buffett and Charlie Munger. And um, it just talks – about kind of uh it's it's in the investing in individual stocks so you know for our clients we're not typically on that but if you want to do that sort of thing it's a good book on how to understand how to value a company um and he gives you uh the four m's are kind of what he talks about so first of all you need to and i think this is really good when we're talking about when we talk about the socially responsible investing and the ESG investing, you know, um, investing in kind of your values. If, if you're mm-hmm. really looking to go that route, um, yeah. this might be a good book for that on selecting individual companies. I'm, you know, not again, not recommending um, doing that. We like to put together diversified portfolios for our clients, but, uh, but yeah, he, he, he says you've got to have the four M's. So meaning the company has to have meaning to you. Um, you got to be capable of understanding it. Management, you want competent management. Mm-hmm. Um, you want a margin of safety. Um, and so he, that's kind of the um, the math side of things where he breaks down how you get an evaluation. Um, okay. I'm drawing a blank on the fourth one. <laughs> oh, Moat, Moat. Uh, okay. You want a company that has a competitive advantage. So, okay. um, so yeah. Uh, so, like, for instance, Disney. Um, they ha- who else can compete with them? The coronavirus. Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's that's about it. That yeah, that's it. so. It's been interesting in that regard. So yeah. Um. So yeah, Phil Town rule number one. Um. He's got a podcast out there, and uh, also a couple other books. So cool stuff. Mm-hmm. Um. This next one, I'll give you a A or B on the question. First question is. PlayStation or Xbox, and what's your favorite game? Or the second question is favorite college drinking game. Mm, man, you know what's funny is I I hardly ever drink, <laughs> and <laughs> I don't even remember the last time I played a video game. Um, but when I when I did play video games back in the day, I was definitely a PlayStation guy. Okay. Um, for no, I don't I don't really have a reason per se. Um, I got nothing. And as far as as far as B goes, I got nothing against drinking whatsoever. It's just kind of not my thing. Um, but uh, man, I, I don't even favorite college drinking game. For some reason, I always hated beer pong. I, I don't know why. I just I just was never a fan of it. 
It's pretty gross um, to think about it. Yeah, especially nowadays, the coronavirus yeah, era. Yeah. But um, no, I mean, we did a lot of, uh, you know, we'd watch shows. You know, we'd watch like, do uh, uh, you remember Jackass, that show? Oh, yeah, yeah. Like we'd watch we'd watch that show and we, we'd drink every time, you know, they'd cuss or fall down or something like yeah. that. We, we'd watch shows like that. But um, yeah, I guess those, those are probably, yeah, those are probably my, that's probably my quote unquote favorite one. So you, you okay. have it yourself? Um, so I'm a PlayStation guy. For me, it was just the hand, the, the controller. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh-huh. But uh, as far as game, NCAA football, that was my – I look forward game. to the release of that every year. And it, it always came out right around the time of my birthday. So my wife had an easy birthday present for me. But then when those yeah. guys uh, – well, Sam Keller, the quarterback for Nebraska, and what is it? Ed yep. O'Bannon from UCLA. Sam yeah, Ed Yeah, man, I remember that. Destroyed my, my dreams. So, yep. um, yeah, hopefully we'll, it'll come back once they start playing, paying players. So, yeah. Um, and then favorite drinking game, beer die. Okay. You ever play beer die? I haven't. No. Okay. It's, it's a fun game. Um, we broke a lot of, uh, pint glasses with it. Okay. <laughs> Launching a, a dice in the air, trying to bounce it into the cup. So it was, it was Oh, cool. yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I could say you might break a few glasses like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, all right. Shifting gears back to the investment stuff. What is your best investment advice or maybe not say investment advice, but advice about investing? Is that? <laughs> yeah. Because we're not giving investment advice. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's true. Oh, good question. I would say start with something that you understand. So just, I, you know, I I feel like a lot of folks out there, they just start throwing money in, you know, inside their 401k into an investment because it says aggressive on it or growth or conservative or moderate, whatever, you know, those fancy words. But it just start with something that you understand, right? So if you see something that, you know, tracks the S&P 500, that's about as simple as you can get, right? Just look up quickly what the S&P 500 index is. And if you're comfortable with it, cool, there you go. But yeah, just start with something you understand. You know, don't start running out and buying and selling options or trading Tesla stock all day long if you don't fully understand what it is. So, yeah. And if you don't understand it, ask somebody. There's, there's, Ask Google, man. Ask your neighbor. Ask one of us. I mean, there's no shame in asking, you know, how this investment works or why you should buy this one over that one. It's, you know. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, along those lines, I I felt I, I was a dope when I um, got my first job that had a um, employer sponsored plan. The default was a balanced fund, mm-hmm. and this was back in 2012, 2013. <laughs> and I think. Um, the market that year, if I would have been in uh, something more aggressive of what I do now, um, I think the market was up around 30%, 20 or 30% that year. The balance fund, I think, was up like 5 or 8%. Yeah. And I was just like, yeah, going to your point. Um, and my, my advice is going to be this very similar. Don't invest in anything you don't understand. Yeah. So... And, uh, and, and, you know, chances are there's a lot of people listening out there that don't understand, you know, exa- what a mutual fund is or what an ETF is or, you know, whatever blankety blank stock is. And that's fine. I mean, look, I, 
I don't, I don't know how to change the timing belt in my car. So I'm happy to go ask someone to add it, you know, how to do that or preferably pay them to do that. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't tackle that job. So there, there's no shame in understanding how this stuff works and asking somebody how it works or what, you know, what it is. There's no shame at all. And you wrote the book on it. I mean, <laughs> I need, I need a copy. Yeah, dude, I need to. I need to send you. I'm going to make a note right now. I I, 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 forgot to, I forgot to send one down there to you. I, I was just going to say, if I get a copy, can I send it to you and get an autograph? Dude, I'll just send. You, I'll just send you one. It's all good. Awesome. Well, uh, I'll include a link in the show notes where people can find that on Amazon. Yeah, I think I, I was looking just a minute ago. It's only like six, seven bucks on on Amazon. Yeah, it's it's not it's not it's not cheap at all. I, I certainly didn't uh, um, write it to become a millionaire or anything like that. Um, <laughs> But no, it's uh, it's it's actually a super, uh, just a super easy to understand um, book about the differences between what an ETF is or exchange traded fund and a mutual fund, and then also I kind of intertwine in there an argument for passive investing versus active investing in some asset classes. Yeah, I'd agree with you on that. But yeah, I literally wrote it so that someone who had no idea how a mutual fund worked could pick it up and understand it. Yeah, yeah, and then uh, in twenty years from now. People are going to pick up the the book and say, "What the hell is this on the cover of the?" Because it's a uh, VCRs. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. It's, well, so I literally did an image search for 1999. That was actually the year I graduated high school. Also, yeah, okay. I just, it was funny. All the old like cell phones that popped up, VCRs, CD players, Walkmans. It was great, man. It was it was funny. Yeah. Last last question. Um, I always ask this. And I know you're a Cardinals fan, so I hope you don't feel triggered today with my no. on. So we're. No, I, don't, I don't. I don't have any hatred for the Royals, man. In fact, I they're one of the rivals. I I enjoy seeing them win. You know. Um, well, thank you. Likewise, the Cubs is a different story. I, I don't enjoy seeing them win. So. <laughs> so, so how does that work? Because you're you're a little bit closer to Chicago, aren't you, than than St. Louis? A little. I mean. I've grown. I've lived in Central Illinois pretty much my whole life, and it's almost right down the middle. I'd say it's, I'd say it's sixty percent Cubs fans, thirty-five percent, uh, yeah, thirty-five percent Cardinal fans, and five percent like random White Sox fans. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah. Yep. Nice. Um, yeah. All right. So, uh, what would your walk-up song be? Mm, man, that's another good. That's a great. Is this the fifth question? Yeah, this, this is the okay. last fifth question. Always end on this one. So, oh man, I'll tell you what. Uh, so, I'm a huge '90s, uh, just '90s music. I, I like to call myself a '90s music connoisseur. Um, the Midwest, right? Yeah, yeah. Is there a specific a, '90s music in the Midwest that, or just you're the man of the Midwest that's the '90s music expert? I just put that on there. I just, I just, I just popped in my head one day. No, I love I love '90s music. I love all of it. The I mainly, you know, the pop, the rap, the R and B. I guess most specifically. So, walk up song. That's a good question. I I don't know if I can pick just one, so I'll say two if that's all right. Yeah, I'd say it's probably a tie between Thuggish Ruggish Bone from Bone Thugs and Harmony. Okay. Or or probably Big Papa from the Notorious B.I.G. Oh yeah, Maybe one of those two. One of those two. Yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely. Um, uh, so, how about you? Is yours the same every time? Every time you bring this up on your show? No, it's like on shuffle. Okay, all right. It's a new song every day. Um, yeah. 
And I, I've I've been thinking about this, and you know we're in the heat of the playoffs right now. Unfortunately, uh, oh yeah, our teams aren't in it. So yeah, uh, just glad we have baseball. Um, but no, I've really been thinking about this one lately, and I'm thinking about how you get in the pitcher's head, right? Mm. And so, you know, a lot of a lot of guys want to get a, a song to get them jacked up, get them you know ready to go. But I, I'm thinking more about how do I get in the pitcher's head? And so I'm yeah. thinking about this is um, I'm uh, going from the on deck circle, walking to the batter's box and I'm staring down the pitcher as I'm walking to the plate. Okay. And in the background, boys to men, I'll make love to you. Mm, I was going to say, yeah, something to maybe throw them off a little bit. That's a classic tune, by the way. And I even blow them a little kiss, you know? Yeah, there you go. Um, yeah. I, don't, I don't know. Would, would that get a pitcher? I mean, Adam Wainwright, would he be rattled or would he just beat me in the head? I don't know if he'd be he'd be rattled, but I bet you it would cross his mind like what kind of like what is this? You know what I mean? <laughs> so and maybe just that enough would would uh get in his head enough. You know? Yeah, yeah I don't know, man. You never know. That's good. That's good. I never thought about it like like that. Or or he'd put a ball in my head, you know. Well that? yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I, I just thought that might be interesting. So yeah, yeah be. good song. Mm-hmm. Good song for the moment for Yep that specific mood mm-hmm. sure <laughs> all right so uh 15 minutes of fluff um that was fun man I, I, yeah <laughs> I, I keep destroying the clock so um get longer and longer those are some good questions though so it's fun it's fun so uh, good opportunity to get to know you know you a little better For sure me and so i like it um so yeah, today uh, our episode is how to get started investing. Um, I mentioned to you in, in uh, episode three, we talked about saving and investing and kind of generality and why we do it and that sort of thing. But I think people are told this a lot of, hey, you need to invest or start investing, start saving for retirement. And for a lot of people out there, it's like, how do I do that? You know what, yeah. what I do, and so I kind of wanted to, you know, the two of us to shed some light on that. And I, I think you kind of need to take a step back and say, what am I? What are my goals? What am I shooting for? Yeah, totally uh, agree. And, and so, kind of the the main things I was, you know, think you kind of invest for are retirement, wealth building, um, you know, maybe kids' college. Mm-hmm. And then just anything else, you know, income, uh, investing to generate income um, currently, you know, those sorts of things. But I I think the big thing that I want to touch on today is retirement because everybody talks about retirement, start saving, save early, that sort of thing. So, um, yeah, any anything else I'm missing or you kind of want to. No, I, I think it's super important before you start investing money to ask, you know, yourself, why are you doing this? Because I think that should sort of plot the course for you. You know, if you're saving for retirement, you don't you don't want to put that thousand bucks into a college savings account. Right. If you right. are, you know, if you want to do if if your primary goal is wealth building, uh, you know, putting it in a, in a CD at the bank's probably not going to help you much there. Right. So I right. just got to figure out why you're doing this in the first place or, 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 you know, why slash coming up with a goal. I think it's important too. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, 
So, you know, after we define kind of what our goal is, what we're shooting at, um, Zig Ziglar, no relation, I'm, I'm assuming. No, I get, I get that one a lot too. <laughs> but, but no, he's got some good stuff though. He has some great quotes. And one of them is, if you aim at nothing, you'll hit it every time. Yeah. And yeah. so just, you know, defining what we're trying to achieve. And so retirement's a big thing. Um, and so then it gets to the question, well, how do I do it? Where do I start saving uh, for retirement? Where do I start investing? And so uh, really, I kind of see there's three options there. You have an option to save through your employer, through an employer-sponsored mm-hmm. retirement plan. Um, and then uh, there's the things that you can do on your own. And then there's stuff you can do for small business. Yeah. Uh, and I figured we'd dive into those and uh, a little more. And, you know, going to employer-sponsored retirement plans, not everyone has one. Um but the typical things you're looking at there are going to be a 401k um, for nonprofits. You're looking at 403Bs for federal government employees. I've got a couple of those. We're looking at TSPs, thrift savings plans. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's also the pension um, that I don't really want to get into too much today because um, it's kind of a thing of the past. It's, it's kind of a dying thing. Um, and I'm, Yeah. I'm more about taking control, having, having, uh, you know, they, they are a dying breed. You know, what's funny though. I got, I have a buddy who just moved from normal to Kansas city. In, in fact, oh. he works for, he works for a, a large, you know, a large company. Um, but they, he took, he took on a new role in Kansas city. He's got a pension. If you can believe okay. it, he's 30, 39 years old and he's, yeah, he's got a, he's got a pension. So nice. Yep. It's nice to have that guaranteed stream of income in retirement. If you can, make it that long stay there that long now yeah true true yeah there's all kinds of there's all kinds of uh uh strings attached to you know a a pension length of service age all that kind of stuff so and then assuming it's even going to be there in 30 years maybe a future episode um diving into what's better a 401k or a pension um so or both yeah yeah true Yeah. yeah um but yeah, so then employer-sponsored retirement plans, 401k, 403b, TSP, uh, pension. And then there's the things that you can do on your own, uh, an IRA, mm-hmm. um, individual retirement arrangement, hmm. if, you look at the tax, if, if you look at the actual code. I know okay. everybody calls it individual retirement account. Technically, it's arrangement, whatever. Who cares? Hmm, okay. I didn't know that. I'll have to look that up. Courtesy of Dave Ramsey. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so you have the IRA or traditional IRA, rollover IRA. It's all synonymous, you know. Um, and then there's Roth uh-huh. IRA, and then uh, there's taxable accounts. Um, and those are kind of the three things you can do on your own. And then getting into small business. So, uh, for like ourselves, um, where it's just me or you and another employee um, have options like a, a SEP or a SEP IRA. Um, what simplified employee pension is that? Yeah, yeah. Re- re- remembering the the acronym correctly. Yeah. Um, and then there's the simple, and you might have to remind me on what simple stands for. I was I was, just, I was actually just getting ready to look it up because I do not remember. Um, 
it's is it is it actually like simplified something or i honestly don't even i don't remember ah, savings incentive match plan for employees Woo, that's a mouthful there you go that's why i couldn't remember it yeah, yeah i would never remember that and then you have a another thing is a solo 401k um something that i could do since i'm the only employee in my firm. And then there's Keo, which we don't even remember what those are. So, um, yeah, but yeah, so there's, there's kind of those three buckets, if you will, of different places where you can save. You might not have access to all of those. You might have access to two of them, one of them. Um, so, but, uh, they all, they all share, except for the taxable account, they all kind of share, um, a common feature of their tax favored. Yeah. Um, and so they have their uh, that means that they have uh, tax incentives, if you will, on them. Mm-hmm. Either they are pre-tax, which means the money that you put in there, you haven't paid tax on yet or you get a deduction when you do your uh, your taxes or they're after tax, meaning you pay taxes on the money and you put it in there and it grows tax free and you withdraw it tax free. And so. Mm-hmm. Um, those are those are kind of what we're looking at when we're talking about those retirement savings accounts, um, excluding the taxable account that we mentioned. So mm-hmm. um, I don't know what uh, anything to add on those. And- no, I mean, it's it's all it's all good stuff. And and again, it's it, it kind of, a, I guess, getting started kind of a nice two step process is to is to say, OK, I have I want to start investing. You know, earlier we talked about why. Right. So let's just say retirement. So retirement's your goal. Cool. So you figured out your why, what's your what's your vehicle going to be from here, right? You got all these yeah. things to choose from, 401k, Roth IRA, uh, taxable account, regular IRA, whatever, right? Um, individual retirement arrangements. <laughs> you know, um, I literally had no idea that those are called individual retirement arrangements. But um, no, so I, I think the second step is to figure out which, which, uh, which type of account or which vehicle is best for you. So if you need a tax deduction this year, well, maybe a traditional IRA is better for you. If you're if you have a larger concern, you don't necessarily need a tax deduction right now, but you think taxes are going to be really high and you know, by the time you hit retirement, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, well, maybe a Roth IRA is better for you. But really, you know, I always tell everybody the first the first thing I I do is look at your employer sponsored plan if you have one, because that's yeah, probably gonna be the closest thing to free money you're ever gonna get, right? You know, some sort of match or profit sharing or whatever it is. So that's the first place I'd look is your um, your, your retirement plan at work, whether that's a 401k, a 403b, or uh, a thrift savings or whatever it may be. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And again, not every employer offers a, a retirement plan, um, but if they do, it's usually in the form of 401k, 403b, TSP, um, and there's usually a match. And when yeah. we're talking about the order of savings, um, that's the first place that I, you know, recommend clients look at or anyone is look at what your employer has and see if there's a match. And what I always say is save up to the match, mm-hmm. you know, because as you alluded to, that's like free money. Um, yeah. you know, sometimes it's a dollar for dollar match. Sometimes it's 50 cents on the dollar. Mm-hmm. Um, so that varies, uh, but that's free money that they're giving you sure. to save for yourself. So yeah, absolutely. Um, that's a good deal. Generally, um, I'm a big fan of Roth and just, you know, yeah, I'm too. every situation is different. 
my niche, if you will, or target audience is younger individuals. And so we have, you know, a longer time horizon, generally speaking, 20, 30, maybe more years. And so I'm a big fan of the Roth. Again, we don't know what future tax rates are going to be, but right now they're the lowest they've been in a very, very long time. Yeah, yeah I, I totally agree. And in fact, um, if, if I'll make a note here, I'll send it to you. But I have this little, um, it's a, it's a, I guess it's a, it's a JPEG, it's a picture, but it's the median tax rate the median federal income tax rate going back to, I don't, you know, early 1900s, I want to say. Yeah. And yeah, you're right. You know, federal income taxes and almost taxes in general, although it doesn't feel like it, depending on what state you live in, they're actually pretty low. I mean, you yeah. know, we've got a massive standard deduction right now, the highest it's ever been. Yep. Uh, tax rates are uh, across the border are lower than they have been in previous years. Um, you know, so I just don't see a way that taxes aren't federal income taxes aren't higher down the road. I mean, what's our, how much was that stimulus bill? They just did if you know, back in the spring, what, $2 trillion or something. Yeah. Something insane. I mean, and the, you know, they're, they're debating about doing another one. I don't know if it'll actually happen or not, but the federal government has spent so much money yeah. over the last 15 years, 20 years, let's call it. I just don't see how taxes aren't higher. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And we don't like to forecast the future, but it's, we can't do this spending in perpetuity forever. We're going to have to reel it in at some point. And yeah, someone in, uh, in the government, they're going to have to put the, the big boy, big girl pants on and make some hard choices. Yeah. Yeah. And even bringing it back down to, you know, kind of the, like the Roth IRA discussion we were having, if taxes are higher and you've got a whole pile of money sitting there in a Roth IRA that you can take out tax free, I don't think you're going to be too upset at yourself. Yeah. Kind of going through, what what I generally um, say when talking about how should we prioritize, say first is to look at your employer, do do up to the match, then go look at an IRA or I prefer the Roth IRA and go max that out. And then because you have more control over that, your employer doesn't have their hands on it. And so you have more control over it and you have more investment options that you can invest it in. So, mm -hmm. um, so go max out a Roth or a traditional IRA. Then if you do that, circle back to your employer sponsored plan and max that out. And then yep. if we get beyond there, we're doing great. And so we'll look at some yeah. other options. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. So, um, but that, that's kind of the, the priority that I lay out for individuals. So, um, but yeah, we, we talked about those having tax favored features. And so, I guess just kind of talk about here, you, you mentioned those are the vehicle, right? And so that's the vehicle that we drive to retirement. I don't We've got to work on yeah, that. No. Yeah, no, that's good. I, um, what's funny is one of the pet peeves of mine is using the word vehicle to describe those things. I don't know why I just did that. Um, but no, I, I always like to explain the, the, the tax benefits of the Roth or just an IRA period as like a cardboard box that you would move in, right? You know, one of those big boxes, it's like waist high, you know, you buy at the UPS store or whatever. And um, that's the IRA is the box itself. You got to put something in the box and where the tax benefit comes is you get to close the top of it so that no one can reach in there and start taking stuff out like ta like taxes, basically. Yeah. That's the way I always like to explain it. But um, yeah, this is where, you know, each one has, has different advantages and disadvantages. So, you know, a traditional IRA, 
We talk a little bit about that. Obviously, you get a um, you get a tax deduction depending on your personal circumstance, but you, you'll generally get a tax deduction for what you put in there. But when you go to take the money out, it's taxable income. Yeah. Both at the federal and state level in a lot of states. Um, currently in Illinois, the, it's not taxed, but I don't know how much longer that's going to be the case. Yeah. And then your a Roth IRA is literally the opposite. You You don't get a deduction for what you put in there. But when you take it out down the road, it's generally going to be tax-free for you. Yeah. 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 And a couple things there you alluded to, uh, taking out from your 401k or your traditional IRA in retirement, that's taxed as ordinary income. And so that's where we talk about, well, do you anticipate tax rates being higher in the future or not? And so that's, that's kind of where that conversation goes about our tax rates lower or higher now than you anticipate them being in in the future. And that's kind of what we, is the mathematical way to look at it. Yeah. And so in my mind, the Roth, um, the Roth makes a lot of sense because the contribution limits are the same. Mm -hmm. You're sticking the same amount dollar for dollar into this account that you can only cram so much into. And then they get a grow it you know basically the mm-hmm. same rate for the same period of time and then at the end one gets taxed and one doesn't mm-hmm. i mean so you took a hit up front but yeah. um but uh but yeah the con you're sticking the same amount of dollars into that account if we're just isolating that there so um yeah. so so kind of going into that real quick on contribution limits so with your 401k the 403b your tsp those are all employer-sponsored plans and so currently in 2020, you can do elective deferrals or payroll deductions, if you will, mm-hmm. of up to $19,500 into those, those accounts, okay. into that account that you have with your employer. Um, everybody's entitled to that. Um, okay. Whether you do that or not is, is up to you. Um, and then if you're 50 or older, you can do an additional $6,500 as a catch up. And so you could okay. end up putting $26,000 into a 401k or 403b, a TSP, or a Roth of any of those. Anytime you hear the word Roth, think tax-free. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just goes in front of that. So yeah. um, as far as the IRA, the Roth IRA, your contribution limits so you have more control over those because you're the one that's setting those up or you're working with your financial advisor to set those up. Your contribution limits are lower. Mm-hmm. Um, so 6,000 is, is the contribution limit for those for IRA, Roth IRA in 2020. Um, kind of similar rule with 50 up, 50 plus, 50 or older. You can do a $1,000 catch up. So you could get up to $7,000 if you're 50 or older into one of those. Um Kind of the unique thing with those is they have income limitations, mm-hmm. right? And so with your traditional IRA, anyone can contribute to an IRA. It's just, your are your contributions deductible and yeah. phase out uh, based on your income? Um, and then with the Roth IRA, there are contribution um, phase outs. So not everyone can contribute to a Roth IRA. Anyone can contribute to a traditional IRA. It's just whether your contributions are deductible or not. Yeah. Um, so, and then there's the whole backdoor Roth IRA where you can contribute to an IRA, non-deductible contributions, and then 
there's the back door where we can convert it to a Roth. So yep. that's a little, I like to call that a complex Roth. Um, yeah. I, I've gotten a lot of questions about that over the last 12 months, the backdoor Roth IRA thing. Cause I, I feel like it's gotten some attention in the media and yeah, it's not, a, I mean, it, it, if, if you make too much to put money in a Roth, it, it's a good way to, you know, still sock money away in a Roth IRA. It just takes a little bit more effort, you know, either on yeah. your part or your financial advisor's part. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, Specific rules around that, aggregation rules that you want to be aware of. And so if you're mm-hmm. looking at doing that, I would consult a professional just to make sure that um, you're doing it correctly. Um, so, but all, all of these have one thing in common. They're all brokerage accounts. Yeah. And that, that's the funny thing. And so it's uh, a lot of people, I, I think I mentioned earlier, I have 401k. Is that a good investment? Well, your 401k is not an investment. Um, as you mentioned, it's kind of like the cardboard box that you stuff things into and then you can close the lid. Um, I've also heard, heard it is referred to as a coat, um, that keeps it warm from the cold of taxes, right? It's a protective coat that you put over it. And so it's, it's just the, the 401k that's the section of the code is where they get that from. Um, but it's just the, the tax treatment of the account. They're all brokerage accounts, right? Um, your IRA, your 401k, they're all brokerage accounts. Yeah, it's, it's kind of a two-step process. You open the account, so let's say it's a Roth IRA, but then you have to put something in it, right? You yeah. gotta put an investment in there, a stock, a bond, a mutual fund, something, right? Otherwise it's just an empty account that just sits there. Right, right, and so that kind of gets into the, well, what the hell is a brokerage account? And I'll be honest, before I, got into this industry. I, d- I didn't even know what a brokerage account was. I had a Roth IRA before I got into the finance world. I was working in minor league sports and uh, my employer didn't have a, a employer sponsored plan, retirement plan. And I was at a leads meeting of all things and a Waddell, can I say Waddell and Reed advisor was part yeah. of the leads meeting. Um, okay. She uh, made me realize that I need to start saving for retirement and she opened up a Roth IRA for me. Um, I'm sure I. she told me all this stuff, but it was just in one ear out the other and I was yeah. able to do it. And so uh, I didn't even know what a brokerage account was, but I had a Roth IRA. So, um, but yeah, so what is a brokerage account? And I, I guess um, I like to think of it as it's like a bank account, mm-hmm. except instead of just putting cash into it, it's where you put cash and you make you you purchase buy and sell your investments inside of it that's exactly exactly what it is yeah so so it's it's different from your standard bank usually um usually you're getting that through a a brokerage firm um i mean you are getting it from a brokerage firm but it's and maybe your standard bank has a brokerage firm underneath its umbrella um but yeah it's i don't know Maybe you have a little more clarity on that. <laughs> no, it's exactly no. You're you're spot on. It's exactly what it is. It's it's you know, a, a, it's just a type of account. It's yeah. You know, at at the bank, you open up a savings account, you put cash in it. You, you open up a checking account, you put cash in it. You open up a brokerage account, whether that's a an IRA, a Roth IRA, a, a taxable brokerage account, you know, whatever uh, a SEP IRA, like you mentioned earlier. You're still putting cash in it. You're just using that cash to buy an investment stock bond mutual fund etf whatever right it's just one extra step is all it is yeah yeah 
So, uh, and hear me out on this analogy. I just came up with this when I was okay. taking a shower last night. So I don't, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, it's always on my mind, these things. But uh, so these are, it's kind of like the Olympics of track, right? Yeah. So all of these have the same, um, the same goal in mind. You're trying to win the gold medal. You're trying to mm-hmm. get to your goal of retirement or whatever it is. But all the different events, all the different accounts that we talked about have mm-hmm. different rules. Yep. And so it's understanding those rules, but then they all have the same thing in them. They all have the participants, right? The investments that participate in the in the accounts, participate in yeah. the events of track in in the track. Uh, so. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, no, it's good. And, and really, the only difference between it, it, whatever type of IRA you want to talk about and and just a normal brokerage account, it's just taxes, man. That's the yeah. only thing. Uh, yeah. I mean, every, every, you can still buy the same investments, generally speaking, in, in, in each one. It just comes down to, are there any tax benefits? Yes or no? Yeah. Yeah. And just understanding the rules about them, you know, the contribution yeah. limits. Yeah. And, that sort of thing. So when you can take yeah, money exactly. And again, it kind of it kind of comes back to the why, right? So why are you investing again if it's for retirement? Well, great. There's a handful of different retirement accounts specifically for that. If you want to save for college, great. There's college savings accounts. You can, it doesn't mean you have to do that. It just it those were the reasons that they were created, right? So mm-hmm. I, I always like to give the example of if you're moving, right? So you're you know you're moving from Kansas City to you know Manhattan or something. Okay. I mean, you could use a pickup truck, right? Might not be the most efficient and best thing to use, but you could still, you could probably get it done. Wouldn't it be better if you bought a box truck, right? Or a trailer or something like that. That's it's, to me, like, you know, the semi truck or the box truck or the trailer is like the IRA. It's, just, it's specifically for a purpose, one thing. Whereas a, a, a normal brokerage account, a taxable account, I mean, yeah, I guess you could save for retirement in that way. It wouldn't be a huge problem, but wouldn't you like to get some tax benefits along the way? Yeah. So yeah. just depends on, you know, really what you're trying to accomplish. Yeah, that's that's a good analogy. I, I think I've heard you make that on your podcast before. So good. Probably. <laughs> no, it, it's good. It's good. Um, I was just wondering where you're moving me to from Kansas City to <laughs> Manhattan. Sounds good. I, I was just waiting to see where we're going. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, I was trying to think of somewhere else around where you're at. <laughs> you mentioned Manhattan earlier, so I figured I'd go with that one. Yeah, keep keep it local. So uh, yeah, uh, everybody's leaving California. No offense, everyone that lives in California, but uh, and they're leaving Illinois too, man. So yeah, so um, but no, it to your point, it's about what your goal is because with generally speaking, with retirement accounts, the age you're looking at is fifty nine and a half before you can start taking withdrawals from those accounts um, without having penalties on the withdrawals. Yeah. And so there's some exceptions to those rules, but that's generally kind of what our target is. And so um, they set that up in mind with, this is a an account for saving for retirement. Yeah. We want you to take money out of it early because we want it to grow for you. And so kind of a unique situation. I had a, a prospect, a couple who um, 
they were wanting to retire early. They're in their mid thirties and wanting to retire at age 50, maybe age 55. And so a putting all of their retirement money into a, um, an IRA or 401k doesn't get them to where they want to be because there's a, a gap of about five years, five to 10 years there where they wouldn't be able to touch that money without, um, having penalties on it, you know? And so yeah. understanding the, the, the big picture there of what we're trying to accomplish and how the rules of these accounts apply and everything. We're trying to make this simpler, but I, I feel like yeah. we're making it more confusing. <laughs> I'm making it more confusing. You do a great job. Well, <laughs> right. Yeah. Muddying the waters even more. You know, I mean, you know, again, this is kind of where we come into play as financial advisors is to help them make, you know, help folks make the best decisions possible for what they're trying to accomplish. And we've got different, you know, tools in our tool belt, if you will. Um, so you know, we're able to match up, you know, different types of accounts or IRAs or whatever it is based on what folks are trying to accomplish. But I mean, just one of the nice things about, you know, this day and age is there's so much information out there. Yeah. And if you, if you don't want to, you know, pay someone like us or hire someone like us, it's totally fine. There's tons of information out there that can probably answer your question as to what you're looking for. Um, you know, I, I read somewhere that, uh, you know, Google can provide you information, but not necessarily practical experience or application of it. That's kind of where we come into play. But yeah, yeah I mean, again, to me, just what, you know, it kind of boils down to, okay, why are you investing retirement? Great. You've got all these different IRAs to choose from. Which one is best? Well, are you concerned about taxes now or taxes later? Because that could probably answer the question there. And the great thing is, is at least with me, you can make very compelling arguments for a, for a Roth IRA. Because I agree with you, almost every time I think a Roth IRA is a wonderful thing to have, and that's probably where I would direct money towards. But someone could say, "Hey, look, I'm getting a huge bonus this year. I got to keep my income under this limit yeah. because of you know an Obamacare subsidy or something." And maybe that six thousand bucks is going to bring them under the limit, so they don't have a huge tax bill. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then next year we can convert it. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> and, you know, this year's been so crazy on a multitude of levels, obviously. But I mean, you know, some folks' income is down, so maybe this is a great year to do a Roth conversion or do more of a Roth yeah. conversion you were planning to do, or. You know, this. I mean, stocks have been all over the board. You've got stocks that are through the roof and stocks that are doing not that well. So maybe maybe you're able to wash away some capital gains with some losses and stuff. There's all kinds of different stuff, you know, different things you can do, especially at year end. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with avoiding paying taxes in a legal way. So Very that's true. <laughs> I don't see that as a patriotic duty to uh, give the government more money when you don't have to. Yeah. Um, pay what you should. But there's also a system of rules set up, you know, um, and different criteria where you can take advantage of things like selling a stock at a loss or selling a piece of real estate at a loss or putting money in an IRA and getting a tax deduction. There's all kinds of different stuff yeah. you can do. And that, that's the thing. It's these are the rules. I'm just playing by the rules. And yep. so anyways, so we, we've talked about all this and we, we haven't even gotten into investments yet. And so um, we put cash into these accounts, into these brokerage accounts that have these different tax treatments. And then we have to invest it. And yeah. so kind of the four types of investments I, you know, typically talk about are stocks, bonds, mutual funds, and ETFs. And um, who better to explain 
a little bit about all four of those and the guy that wrote the book on mutual funds. <laughs> that way, the lava softball down the middle. Appreciate it. <laughs> uh, you like softball? So, uh, I played softball one year. That was okay. a while back, and I was playing center field, and somebody hit a ground ball right up the middle. And I, I, I ran up and caught the ground ball and I kind of underhand lobbed it to the guy playing second base because there was a runner coming in the second. And I literally, so, you know, Dak Prescott got hurt, right, Sunday, that horrible yeah. looking ankle injury. Horrible. The guy that I threw the ball to was looking at the ball coming towards him and turned his ankle real nasty on second base. And ever since then, I was like, you know, I don't know if softball is a sport for me. I don't really <laughs> just like, you know, rolling your ankle playing basketball. That's that's something I can tolerate. But playing softball, I don't know. I don't know. Um, yeah. But it's either here or yeah, it's either here or there. Um, I forgot. What, what was your original question? Yeah. So um, so the types of investments, stocks, <laughs> bonds, mutual funds, ETFs, um, just real basic. You know, let's talk about those because we get we get the cash into the account. The cash doesn't just grow you know, at the rate of the investments. And so we've got to take that cash and purchase the investments that. Yeah. And so generally we're looking at stocks, bonds, mutual funds, and ETFs. Yeah. Um, so it kind of comes back to for me. Okay. So you figured out why you're investing, right? You're going to save for retirement. You're going to save for a kid's college, whatever it is. Second step is, okay, now you, you figured out, I, I want a Roth IRA or I want a 529 account or whatever it is. Well, great. So you're going to put some cash in there. And now that's the third step, which is you got to buy an investment, right? So to me, this is all a pros and cons thing, right? Stocks have individual stocks have their pros and cons. So do bonds, so do mutual funds, ETFs. But I guess real quickly, we'll, we'll start with stocks. I mean, when you're buying a stock, so you're, you, you want to buy one share of Amazon, let's say. Um, technically, what you're doing is you're buying a fractional piece of ownership in that company. So something I feel like that gets lost in stock investing is think to yourself, do you want to own a piece of this company? Cause it's literally what you're doing now. Yeah. It, obviously one share or even five shares or a hundred shares is a very, very small piece of ownership, but it's still ownership nonetheless. So my, I guess my piece of advice with stocks is, is to think to yourself, do you want to own a, a fraction of this company? And I hate to keep, you know, asking rhetorical questions here, but then I'd say, well, why do you want to, Yeah, you know, a Amazon, you know, they're one of the largest companies in the world. Okay, cool. I get that. Uh, I'm not necessarily endorsing or saying you should go buy Amazon, but it, it is what it is, you know? So just, yeah, think to yourself, why do you want to own a piece of this company? What is it? I mean, is, do you, have you had a good experience with them? Yep. Okay. Well, maybe that's enough for you. Um, do you like their products or their service? I mean, whatever that makes sense. Individual bonds is kind of a, I don't run into a whole lot of folks that buy individual bonds anymore these days, but again, it's, it's, you're not, you're not owning a, piece of the company itself but you're loaning your money to that company so you're owning their debt uh, correct yeah who's a big who's a big um who's a big employer down where you're at um so i used to work for a bank umb bank okay. um cerner is a big employer here is, is commerce bank down there too commerce is here yep okay so i, I worked for commerce i worked yeah I, I worked for commerce bank a long time ago yeah now. yeah that's right um but yeah, so it's a thing where um, with, with a bond, really, you're you're owning a piece of the debt of the of the company's debt, like you said. But you know, in, in essence, you're just you're here. You know, here's my ten thousand dollars, Commerce Bank, or up here it's Caterpillar, and in return, Commerce Bank is going to pay you three percent interest, four percent interest, and 
five, 10, 30 years down the road at some point, they're going to give you that 10 grand back. Yep. And so um, bonds can be a fine investment. Um, it, I, I guess it's better than CDs. And, and if you're just looking at, at what's going to pay more interest, but with stocks, you, you're, you're an equity owner in the company with bonds. You're not, you're owning a piece of the company's debt. They, they sold their debt to you. Yep. So make sure they're fiscally sound to make sure, you know, bonds have ratings from the highest level of triple a, um, double a, then it's a, any, you know, it, you, you can look up bond ratings to determine the safety of your investment, which is yeah. kind of nice. You know, mutual funds, I guess the whole concept of mutual funds was it was a way to diversify your investments in one purchase and or, or get exposure to various different kinds of stocks or bonds or companies it, within one purchase in a very cost effective manner. So, you know, back in the, you know, now, of course, you know, a lot of stock trading is free back 15, 20 years ago. It wasn't. You had to pay you know, a commission to buy and sell something. So it was, yeah. it wasn't very efficient to buy, you know, one share in 40 different companies because the commission would just erode your return. But, you know, mutual fund, the concept is you can, it's kind of like, like a, like a public swimming pool is what I like to say. And the pool itself is the mutual fund, right? There's 40 people and they're swimming. The people swimming are like this, you know, the investments are some cats some Pepsi, some Coke, whatever. And then the portfolio managers are like the lifeguard or lifeguards, uh, right? They're kind of watching over things and making sure it's going okay. But again, you know, mutual funds were created as a way to just easily diversify your investment dollars and have exposure to different types of companies. Or And it it could be with bonds too. ETFs, exchange-traded funds, just sort of took that concept and made it more tax-efficient and less costly. Yeah, uh, but it's in my opinion, it's really the same concept that you're owning a group of investments in one. Um, they're like a basket of investments in 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 one structure. Yeah, yeah. Does any of that make any sense? I feel like I just rambled on for a half an hour. <laughs> yeah, no, I never heard the swimming pool analogy. I like it. Um, I've always Edward Jones, man. That's where I learned that. <laughs> <laughs> can't say you didn't learn anything. Well, I learned. I learned plenty there. Yeah. So so yeah, I've always heard the basket, and it's you're putting different companies into the basket and that one basket is a share of the mutual fund and it has, you know, or the ETF and it has a bunch of different companies inside of it rather than, as you said, going out and buying all those companies on your own, you can just buy the basket and it gives all those companies. Um, And so, yeah, I know bonds are typically viewed as the safer investment. It's also has less upside um, mm-hmm. it, because I guess reverse this and think of this, you know, a student loan, you know, uh, Sally Mae lends you money to go to school and then you're paying your student loan back at a in- fixed interest rate. You know, mm-hmm. there's yep. it's they're just getting the interest off of that. There's not a growth, you know, a huge growth in in the balance. Um mm-hmm. I don't know if that makes sense, but uh, no, it, it does. Because like earlier when I said it's all about pros and cons, I mean that's exactly what you know. It's a, you're just alluding to that is the the advantage of a stock, an individual stock, is I think you have higher upside, the potential for more growth. Yeah, but it's more risky than a bond, right? Yeah. And so with a bond, uh, it's less risky. That's that's the advantage, but your your potential for growth is much less than with a stock. Yeah, it's just all about risk, you know, risk and reward. And say, even with mutual funds, you know, you can buy, uh, 
you can buy some Amazon stock, you can buy some Caterpillar stock, or you could buy a mutual fund that has 200 companies in it. And so if you, I hate to equate investing with gambling, but it's kind of like if you go to, you know, the roulette wheel and you put it all on, on, on red, if red doesn't pop up, you lose it. Right. Right. But if you spread it all out over a bunch of different numbers and colors, all your chances of winning go up, although they might, you might not win as much, but you know, the, you're, you're, you're taking much less risk, I guess, is my whole point. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so a couple things there, the risk reward, no risk, no reward. Right. Um, and so think about your example of Amazon. They weren't always this behemoth in the market, yeah. right? They started out as a smaller company mm-hmm. and through capitalism, they've been able to grow to this massive mega large company. Yeah. Um, and so with bonds, you just don't have that potential there. You have stability. Um, but then the whole risk um, conversation, I think there's two kind of two definitions of risk when you're talking about it. With stocks, there's the pure risk mm-hmm. where you can lose all your money. You know, if, yeah. if I had JCPenney stock and they file for bankruptcy, I lost all my money. But when we're talking about mutual funds and ETFs, it's diversified. There's more than just one company there. There's several companies and the chances of those companies going belly up, all of them, and you losing all of your money is, almost, I don't want to say none, but it's next to none, right? Um, unless, mm-hmm. it's yeah. highly, unless it's a highly concentrated fund, you know, I know energy is suffering right now, the energy sector. Um, yeah. But it's not going away, right? And so, when we're talking about mutual funds and ETFs, the way I like to view risk in that terms is more about the volatility. And yeah. really what that means is just, I think you talked about it on your recent podcast on uh, on the election and the swings, the magnitude of the swings um, mm-hmm. in the fund, how much it goes up and down and how, yep. how violently, you know, um, yeah. it, it's not really a risk of losing all your money per se. That- yeah, I, I agree. It'd be with a with an ETF or a mutual fund that has hundreds of companies inside of it. It'd be pretty catastrophic globally if you know the three hundred largest companies in the U.S. all went bankrupt. I mean, I look anything's possible, I guess, but it's pretty unlikely. And really, what you're doing in terms of risk when you when you're looking at a mutual fund or an ETF in relation to a stock is, I just think you're you're taking a little less risk. Yeah. By by diversifying out. I mean, I, I show I know everybody can't see it, but I, I show this little picture to everybody. So there's there's two elevators here. Right. Oh, OK. So this one has one cord with it. This one has multiple <laughs> cords. So, I mean, with a stock, if you know, if this cord gets snapped, you're going down. Whereas over here, if one of the 200 companies inside the mutual funds, you know, goes belly up, you might not even notice, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. There's others in there to compensate for it. Yeah. But again, you know, with with pros and cons, you know, with mutual funds, there's there, there's costs and fees involved. Yep. And, you know, I, I guess in theory, your your upside is not necessarily as high as it could be with an individual stock as well. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, well, this has been a good episode. I think just to kind of recap and feel free to chime in here. But the kind of the three things that we alluded to was identify what your goals for investing are. Yeah. Um, then once you do that, know and understand the options where you can invest, the mm-hmm. location, if you will. Yeah. And then know what your investment options are. 
Yeah. So it to me is kind of like why, how, and what, right? Why yeah. are you investing? How are we going to invest? And then what are we going to invest in? It's kind of a three-step process. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I think that's a good way to recap it. And if this still sounds a little confusing, I get it. Um, feel free to drop me a line with any questions you have about what we discussed today. And I'll do my best to answer those, um, whether it be in a future episode or anything, I need to do a Q and a episode, but, um, yeah. get there. So, well, awesome, man. I'll let you go, but, uh, Rocky RZ three, Rocky Ziggler <laughs> yeah. third, um, tell everyone where they can find you. Yeah. I'd say the, the easiest place is I, I, I just call it like my blog slash promotional website, but it's, um, it's financialplannerpeoriail.com. It's kind of a mouthful, but yeah, it's financialplannerpeoriail.com. That's where I've got the, the blog, the podcast, the books. You know, you can get in touch with me through there as well. So probably the easiest thing. Okay, awesome. Uh, LinkedIn, Facebook, any of that? The podcast? Uh, yeah, I, yeah I'm, on, I'm on Facebook. Um, I pretty much intertwine business and personal things just with my personal Facebook page. Uh, I'm, on, I'm on Twitter as well. You can just, you know, you can just type in Rocky Ziegler on there. It's probably the easiest thing. Um, you know, the podcast is available. It's called Making Finance Fun, but it's available on, you know, Apple, Stitcher, Google, um, Amazon. Notice a lot of listeners on to my show on Amazon lately. I, I didn't see that coming, but. Oh, okay. Yeah. They just released that. Yeah. Yep. Awesome. Yeah. Well, we'll put uh, links in the show notes so people can find you and, uh, this was fun, man. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I really, really appreciate the opportunity. This was good. Definitely. We'll we'll have to do it again when we maybe take a deeper dive into mutual funds, ETFs, that sort of thing. So I'm always I'm always up for that. All right. Well, sounds good. You take care, okay? All right, thanks, man. Yeah, you too. Thanks for listening to Personal Finance from the Hilltop. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you'd like more information about me or Hilltop Financial Planning, you can visit hilltopfp.com, no dash. For links and resources mentioned in the podcast, be sure to check out the show notes. Also, be sure to hit the subscribe button so you get all the new episodes when they drop. Any five-star reviews are highly encouraged and greatly appreciated. You can find Personal Finance from the Hilltop on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, the Hilltop website, and now Amazon Music. At Hilltop, we continue to bring on new clients, so if you or someone you know are interested in discussing how we can help you find financial freedom, go to our website and click on the schedule a call in the upper right-hand corner. We offer a free 30-minute introductory call. No sales pitch, just a conversation about you, what you're looking for, and how I can help. And now, lastly, for the dreadful, scary disclaimer. Yep, that's it that my attorneys not on retainer want me to mention. Everything on this podcast is of my opinion or my guest's opinion and is not to be taken as investment advice because I am not your financial advisor, nor have I considered your personal situation as a fiduciary. This podcast is for educational purposes only. Hilltop Financial Planning, LLC, is a state-registered investment advisor in the state of Missouri, but serves clients nationwide where exempt from registration. Another episode of Personal Finance from the Hilltop in the books. Signing off from the Hilltop, I'm Kyle Hill.